music. I'm not actually. I'm sitting here. I am. <laughs> you are actually. Oh, man. We are back. It's that time again, huh? It is. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Geeking Squad podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Uh, this woman next to me with a very precarious looking bottle of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> this bottle of Pepsi looks like it is about to explode at any moment now. Yeah, so Because it is. Because I put it in their freezer for maybe a little bit too long. And then I promptly dropped it getting it out. So... It is to the brim, ready to explode. So. Oh my gosh, of course you dropped it. If you it. hear screams. <laughs> yeah, if all of a sudden it sounds like a giant pop or something goes off in the middle of this, it's it's not... You guys know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not that Megan's head finally exploded. It's my Pepsi, but I am Megan Guess, and yeah. I am here. <laughs> and uh, we're here to talk about all the stuff that's been going on, and there's been a lot of stuff going on in the last two weeks since we recorded Holy the last... Moly episode right that's an understatement i couldn't believe how much stuff there was yeah it's awesome yeah i think there's a lot to talk about we'll we'll try to get through it as much as possible without like going three hours long or something tonight because no. nobody wants that no. but for those that don't know if this is your first time listening welcome to the geeking squad podcast a part of the geeking poetic podcast channel we talk about all the current stuff that's been discussed uh, lately in pop cultures, so movie news, music news, book news, TV news, all, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mostly things that were shared in our group. We have a group on Facebook called The Geeking Squad, and it's free and open for everybody to join. Just come in there, be nice, you know, you better mm-hmm. be nice, or else. <laughs> Are you good to boot? Or you're going to get a exploding bottle of uh, Pepsi, Pepsi. <laughs> shot your way, all right? And it's going to be sticky and not not fun yeah no bueno no bueno no bueno at all so we talk about things that we've shared in there and a bunch of you shared in there so we encourage you to go over join our group it uh, doesn't cost nothing you know and just uh let's talk about geeky stuff but here on this we're going to focus on a few of the uh the 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 peak things that we thought were worth discussing, I would say. Mm -hmm. So some really cool memes that some of you guys shared, some really cool articles and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But first, Meg, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Yeah, you're doing okay? We are. Good. We are. We now, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Megan is legion. Me and my Pepsi are doing great. (laughs) It's starting to simmer down a little. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just going to be this whole time, folks. I know you can't see us, but I'm going to be side eyeing <laughs> that Pepsi over there because I've got my laptop out. She's got hers out. And I'm just like, this is a disaster waiting to happen here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm doing OK. I think I'm going to pull my lower back. It hurts a little bit. So mm, I don't know. There's always something wrong with me. You're falling apart. Over yeah, there. I've been slowly but surely falling apart over the years. That is true. So, yeah, I think without any further ado, let's jump into it because there's so much to talk about. We like to go into this first segment. We have a very special intro that we like to introduce the segment with, and it goes like this. What's shaking, Bacon. <laughs> it always makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this segment is called What's Shaken Bacon? And it's just about what's shaken in entertainment news and pop culture news. And as always, unfortunately, it might seem like we're all like happy and ready to go, but 
we're going to talk about some of the uh, people that have passed away. <laughs> people might be like, wow, that's a real downer yeah, way to start. Let's get the downer out of well, the way. Yeah. yeah and but we want to pay tribute. Them. Exactly. Yes. I feel like just leaving them to as an afterthought is not cool. Uh, one of the biggest ones that everybody's been talking about the past few days is the fact that the legendary host of the Price is Right game show, Bob Barker, passed away. <laughs> 99 look at him getting close to 100 as possible yeah not going over didn't go over a dollar <laughs> yep that's as close as you can get yeah um big fan big fan of Parsons, oh, yeah. right i i binge that all the time on pluto so do i yeah and I, I saw a few other people angie and a few other people commented that like oh my gosh you know i watch that all the time or they said that they used to watch it all the time it's funny how much it's come out that for so many of us especially at a certain age our association with bob barker and the price is right is staying home sick from school yeah it was a mandatory you had to watch the price is right yeah you laid there it on made the couch. you feel better you laid on the couch right uh-huh you drank usually some kind of you either drink like tea or you drank ginger ale if you had an upset or belly sprite, yep. or sprite you had maybe some soup and crackers or mm -hmm. some cereal you know yeah all that kind of stuff there might have been some Vicks vapo rub involved right. in there <laughs> and you just laid there and you watched the prices right it's just so Fox funny Kleenex stuck up your nose right yep. mm -hmm. it's just so funny how many of us have that association with it and I mean I knew I did but it's not something that I've talked about with people mm -hmm. and then to see like so many people and there was memes and all this stuff like about yep. that i was like oh wow that, that it made me sad but it also was like comforting you know it's like oh wow we're we're not all that different are mm -mm. we all grew up kind of the same way so anyway to, grew up in bob barker yeah mm -hmm. he had a nice long life oh yeah i actually thought he passed away years ago oh my god are you I was serious like, oh my god he was still alive okay <sighs> wow okay so, but well i loved him actually in the the Adam Sandler movies Happy as well. Happy Gilmore. Happy Yeah, like he was And he does, did that. another skit when he's in the hospital and he got up and kicked Adam's ass. And Yeah. <laughs> those are funny. Yeah, he, he he was a funny guy. He he seemed like he had a pretty good sense of humor. So. Yes. We salute you, Bob. Yes. Um, moving on, another... Unfortunately, we had a, a couple of uh, deaths happen related to wrestling, pro wrestling world. So, Mr. Terry Funk, wrestling legend, absolute legend, passed away at the age of 79. Are you familiar with Terry Funk? No. I know you're not a big wrestling person. I don't talk about wrestling that much. You used to be huge on it, though, didn't you? Oh, my gosh. I was, uh, yeah, I was. Fanatic, possibly? And I, I wouldn't say fanatic, okay. but I was really, really deep into it, especially in the 90s, the early 2000s, and, and when I was a kid in the 80s and stuff. But Terry Funk was one of the first wrestlers I remember being conscious of. You know, he was a big star, a uh, regional star and stuff, like pre-WWF back in the late 70s, early 80s. I knew him because he was in a movie from 1979, I think it was, called Paradise Alley. It was a Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh. He like I think he like wrote it and directed it. He acted in it. Terry Funk plays one of the main wrestlers, kind of the bad guy wrestler in it, and he he was great, great in it because he's such a character. He was such a character in and of himself. But I knew him then, you know, through all the other stuff through the eighties and everything. He's the he's a hardcore legend, man. He brought hardcore. He and Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. Mm -hmm. 
uh, mankind, all that. Those those guys were like partners in crime there, and they they brought hardcore wrestling to the masses in the 90s and stuff and funk was great he he was a tough son of a bitch mm. but he could be a really gentle guy i mean he was versatile he even had like a country music career for a little while oh, really? there yeah like <laughs> writing like tender like country songs and everything he, he was a by all accounts like most people loved terry funk he was tough you know he was a scary guy you didn't cross him but he he was a good guy and uh man i'm very bummed to hear i know he'd been dealing with dementia oh, okay. for the last several years and he had i mean he I don't know what part of his body hadn't been broken at some point or another. So <laughs> he was probably still in a lot of pain and stuff. But um, anyway, yeah, he, he did pass away. He left a couple of daughters behind and everything. And he was a family guy. And so I feel for his family. I send out my condolences to them. But Terry Funk, man, thank you for so much. Thank you so much for everything that you did. You know, he really put himself on the line for entertainment. And Sounds like it. And I think he loved it. I know mm -hmm. he loved it. You know, another sad note in some ways, even more sad because he was so young, uh, pro wrestler Bray Wyatt passed away at the age of 36 from a heart attack uh, just a week ago. I think it was the day after. So Bray Wyatt. So real quick, for those that don't know and maybe you don't care, but I care because Bray Wyatt was awesome. But he was a third generation wrestler. His grandfather was Blackjack Mulligan. That's that's a legend right there because blackjack mulligan not only was he a legendary wrestler but he was also the father of mike rotunda and barry and kendall windham now for those that don't know mike rotunda and barry windham like those those guys were amazing wrestlers they were a tag team back in the 80s uh they're part of the uh the four horsemen the legendary four horsemen team and all that i was such a huge fan of mike rotunda and, and barry windham like those guys are such badass wrestlers i still go back and watch those matches but they were some of when i first really got into wrestling in the early to mid 80s like those were a couple of the guys that were really exciting to me you know so by all accounts really terry funk going at 79 even though he's had a rough time of it he had a pretty long life, yeah, as, a good life as far as it goes especially for all the stuff that terry funk did because oh my gosh if i showed yeah, you he some, broke every bone in his body oh yeah, if i showed you some of them the matches that he had especially mm -hmm. him and cactus jack back in the day like they were so brutal <laughs> so brutal man you know like with barbed wire and fire Jeez. and thumbtacks and nails and tables and scaffolding and uh, like yeah it was hardcore stuff. People would go, oh, that's all fake. Well, you know, the outcome might be fake. Like who's going to win and lose might be like predetermined most of the time. But I'll tell you, those bumps that these guys like Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk and them took, they were not fake, man. Mm -hmm. Anyway, a lot of respect to the wrestlers and very sorry to, to hear about Bray and Terry. Um, one that really bummed me out when I found out about it was that actress Arlene Sorkin just passed away at the age of 67. Now, I don't know. You're not really familiar with her, are you? No, I wasn't her either. Okay. So Arlene Sorkin, the way she came to fame in most ways was she was on Days of Our Lives back in the 1980s. And she played a character named Calliope, Calliope Jones. Now, I was a huge fan as a kid of days of our lives i used to it came on at noon i used to come home every day from school because i was in grade school at the time i mean we're talking this was when i was like 9 10 11 years old that kind of thing i would come home from school every day 
and I would, you know, I'd be home by 1205 or whatever. I would immediately turn on the TV. And I mean, what else was on at that time? Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I would watch if there was like good cartoons There used to be things like underdog and Tennessee tuxedo, but sometimes I'd already seen it a million times or whatever. Nope. After you turn off the prices, right? You went to soaps. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it worked when you were sick. Yeah. So. I used, I got into, but especially because my mom sometimes would be home and she would watch Days of Our Lives and then I would just get sucked into it because mm-hmm. Days of Our Lives was cool. Like it was, it was, it was a still a silly ass soap opera, you know, for housewives or whatever. But that, especially at that period, they were really kind of being a little more crazy and adventurous you know it was like things where they were like you know going on some adventure mission and people were getting stranded on islands and they were shooting at each other and chasing it like it was almost more like romancing the stone okay than a than a romance romantic kind of movie you know although there was plenty of that too but so i got sucked into it and arlene played this character calliope jones who at one point then ended up pairing up with John Delancey, otherwise known as Q from mm-hmm. Star Trek. And that's where I knew him from initially. They, their characters paired up together and they were so kooky and funny. And I just, I loved her. Like she was my favorite character on days of our lives. She used to make me laugh every day. Well, after she got done doing that, she ended up because she was friends with Paul Dini, who was one of the co-creators of Batman, the animated series, uh, Paul Dini ended up bringing her on to voice a character on Batman and they didn't have any character for her to do. She was such a quirky. She had a lot of personality and very quirky in her voice and her eccentricities, we'll say. So they actually created a character for her and that character they created was Harley Quinn. Mm. Harley Quinn did not exist in the DC universe until then they made it for her and she there'd be no Harley Quinn without Arlene. Okay. If Arlene Sorkin didn't exist, there'd be no Harley Quinn. The whole thing with Harley Quinn, how she was just really kooky and kind of crazy. But then there was like this underlying hint of like sadness and, you know, Mm-hmm. like uh, humanity there and stuff, you know, she wasn't just all like ditzy and crazy and stuff like that was Arlene. And that was kind of how she played Calliope too. Like she was really good at that. Anyway, it's, it's a shame. I don't know why she passed. They didn't say what it was from. It could have been cancer. I have no idea, but uh, a lot of people have sounded off saying about how sorry they were that she's gone. People like Mark Hamill and, you know, uh, uh, James Gunn and other people that knew her and said she was great and she was talented and, you know, really sad to see her go. And Harley Quinn is now huge. one of the biggest superhero characters in the world. And it all started with her. She brought that character to life. She didn't have any comic books to base it off of, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that. She had to create that character, her and Paul Dini and, you know, the other writers and stuff. She made that character. So, again, hats off to you, Arlene. I'm going to go back, I think, because now that I'm talking about it, I want to go back and watch some old days of our lives. <laughs> I'm sure it's online. It's probably on YouTube or something, but I really want to see some stuff because, man, that just used to make me laugh so much. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So that that was the tributes we have to pay right now for the people that we uh, 
we lost are, in the past are two going, weeks, yeah. that we've lost and we're going to miss. But let's move on to some happy stuff. Uh, okay. Meg, you got some stuff to talk about? I, ha- I have quite a bit of stuff to okay. talk about, actually. Okay. Um, so my first thing is uh, a haunting in Venice. Okay. What's a haunting in Venice? Um, so that is based on Agatha Christie's book, Halloween Party, I believe. Okay. Uh, from 1969. Yeah, loosely. Okay. So I don't think it like follows it directly, but it kind of loosely is based around it. Okay. Um, but in the trailer that is released, everybody's kind of around a seance table and there's so many, you know, they're like they do in a seance. Mm-hmm. And then like all this stuff, everything starts happening. You're like, oh, well, this is just another haunted movie, you know? Right. And then it goes to back of a guy and it is freaking it is Hercule Poirot. Hercule Poirot. Yes. You're like you're like Hercules. the characters in the movie that can never Hercules? pronounce. It's not Hercule. It's Hercule. Hercule Poirot, the greatest detective. Yes. In all of the world. He's awesome. I love him. I yeah. love these Agatha Christie movies. Yeah. Well, it's I played love- by Kenneth Branagh. And it's, he's it's co-produced great. and directed by him as well. Nice. So I am very excited about this. And to find out that he's like doing this haunted thing and it's supernatural. So that combines, yeah, that's That combines a lot of key elements for you because you like haunted kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You like uh, mystery, you know, Mm -hmm. Sherlock Holmes, kind of Agatha Christie things, mysteries and and adventures. Yeah. So who done it? And yeah, this. I actually saw this in the theater when I went and saw Haunted Mansion. I was uh-huh. like, what is that? I'm sorry, excuse me? I mean, just both looked at each like, uh, we're going to that. So that comes out September 15th. So I will have my butt in the movie theater okay. watching that. I'm so stoked. Okay. Yeah, so. that sounds good. It's got Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Jamie Dornan and Tina Fey. Tina Fey, interesting. Yeah, okay. so it'd be fun to see her in a serious role. I'm yeah, that's an, assuming. That's yeah, it's hard to say because there's there's a fair amount of like humor, humor and stuff in them. Yeah. in those in the Agatha Christie uh, stories. So yeah, I'm very curious see to see how this goes. All right, well, that's a cool one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, you'll have to uh, report back to me. I I'm sure I'll hear. I'm sure I'll hear about it from both of you guys. Yeah, but. you'll get both sides. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're never so. going to shut up about it. So, so. September fifteenth, a haunting in Venice. All right, yes. cool. Um, and then I saw Arl Stein mm-hmm. has a movie coming out called uh, Zombie Town. Okay, that was a book. It was a book. Um, and this, I guess, is very, very loosely based on the book. Oh, okay. Um. It has people going to see the movie about zombies on Halloween. Um, they have to save the town from the zombies and everything. But they like made specific characters for Dan Aykroyd, who, which he's the filmmaker, which wasn't a big part of the book, right. but it's okay. huge in this. And Chevy Chase wasn't even in the book, but they His made character. You mean? Yeah. They're, so okay. they're like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one, mm, honestly. Okay. I was excited at first because I. Growing up as a teenager, love the teenager Arl Stein books. Yeah, like the the young adult ones. I right. I every week I was at the library get a new one. Adored those things, so I was very excited when I first saw it. But then once I started reading more into it, I was like, this kind of seems. You got Chevy Chase, you got Dan Aykroyd, and Arl Stein books aren't comedies, right. and that's what how this is from what I saw. It's kind of. A dark comedy? Well, if it's got Chevy Chase and I mean, Dan it Aykroyd, to it's got to be comedic, yeah. So I, I don't really know how I feel about this. Okay. And just the whole synopsis of what this movie... I, I, I don't know about this one, but I'd be probably curious if I... It's on coming out September 1st, so a couple days, Okay. on USA. 
Oh, have... so it's like a made-for-TV kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought this was coming out in the theater. The theaters, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be that serious about it, so. Well, it might be cool. It, I... I might try it. You never know. I like that quirky, silly stuff. So I was just gonna say. I mean, you like I, things I like, like the haunted, haunted mansion. mansion and all that. But right. the fact that it's attached to R.L. Stein—that's what's holding me off. Okay. If it was just on its own, it's like, oh, okay, I might check that. Okay. Is it? I think it's R.L. Stein attached to it that's holding me back. Okay. We just kind of talked about that with another right, movie with, recently. With the Stephen King stuff, where yes. it's like, if you're going to change it that much, then just write something new. Right. So we will see. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic Okay. on this one. So. All right. How about you? You got anything? One thing that I'm really excited about is the fact that they just announced, and I shared this in the group, they announced that Atari is bringing back the 2600 now. People can say, well, you know, we've seen, we've had Atari flashbacks. I think they're on Atari flashback 10 or mm, okay. or 11, actually. It might be 11 now because I think 10 and then there was like Atari. The newest one is like the 50th anniversary flashback. And that's when they have the the little tiny system. And well, you pro- you have one or mm-hmm. you had one, didn't you? Yeah, at one I point? One. Yeah. And I've got it too. Um, it's a little system that's just got all the, ga- you know, not all the games, but like a hundred or so games built into it and you plug it into your TV and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's been around for a while, but this Atari is actually bringing back the proper console. So it looks like it's going to have the wood grain feature oh, and really? the switches. Now it is not going to be as big because their thing was like, well, you know, back in the day we had to make it that big because to fit the electronics components were bigger. Now we don't need it, but it's still big ish. Like it's, I guess they said it's about 80% of the original size, but it's called the Atari 2600 plus, And it's a modern recreation of the 1984 uh, switch version. And it plays cartridges. It doesn't come loaded with games. It will play your old cartridges. Oh, wow. And it That's comes. Cool. Yeah. And it's coming with now back in the day, Atari used to come with a cartridge or sometimes two cartridges. But Atari would come with like, you know, I think when I got my Atari, it came with combat. I think that was the pack in game. I'm pretty sure that was the game that came with it. I know later it came with other games like Pac-Man came with it and stuff like that. But this time the the cartridge that's coming with it is going to have 10 games on there. So that's an even better value if you ask me cuz there's 10 games. The 10 games that are on the cartridge are Adventure, which is probably if it's not my favorite game of all time, it's in the top 3. Combat, great game. Dodgem, great game. Haunted House, love that mm-hmm. game. Such a fun game. Maze Craze, love that game. Missile Command, not my favorite, but it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. Real Sports Volleyball, which I admit I never had Real Sports Volleyball. So I don't, I know the Real Sports games are supposed to be pretty good for 2600. So I'm curious to check that out. Surround, which I enjoy. Video Pinball was one of my favorites. And last but not least, the one that is probably my favorite game, Yars Revenge. Mm. So right off the bat, you, combo. yeah, even if you don't have any other cartridges, like right off the bat, you get a cartridge that's got 10 games and they're all really fun games. It also comes with the all new uh, CX40 plus joystick controller. Now, I'm not sure what's going to make this joystick controller different from the vintage ones, because when I looked at it, it looked like 
the vintage ones, but you know, maybe it's just got a little bit better functionality to it or something. Here's the thing where I think it's the real key feature of this, where people can sit there and say, well, you know, I could go to GameStop and buy an old Atari, or I can go on eBay and get a refurbed old Atari or whatever if I really want that. But here's where I think it gets really cool. This Atari plays cartridges of both the Atari 2600 and the Atari 7800. Now, the original Atari 2600, it it could not play 7800 cartridges. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe the 7800, if memory serves correctly, it was backwards compatible. So this is really more like having a 7800 than having a 2600 since it plays both. And that's why it's called Plus. Yeah, so they just called it Plus or whatever. But the point being is that now you can have one console that plays both cartridges, and I never had a 7800, so that's really exciting to me. I want to go out and start getting 7800 cartridges now, so I'll be scouring eBay and such for that. But I, I think it's really cool. Plus, it's HDMI uh, compatible, so you can hook it up to a flat-screen TV that's no so problem. Cool. And it comes out in late November and it's only $129. No kidding. That's, That's not that bad. Heck no. Considering what it can do and everything, I really don't think it's that bad. And most Atari cartridges, again, if you go to a GameStop or you go to a, you know, any kind of used place or even like a resale shop or something, you can find Atari cartridges oh, that yeah. still work for pretty cheap, you know. It's it's pretty easy to do. Plus, they've Atari has been re-releasing old games on new cartridges and all this stuff, and they've even released like new games. Like I recently got Yars Return, which is a sequel that was made later, way after you know Atari was the original Atari was gone. They made a sequel to Yars Revenge called Yars Return, and I actually bought the cartridge. And everything, and it comes in the old school box with the instruction. It's it's awesome. And they're going to be doing more of that kind of stuff, not only re-releasing old games, but putting out new games that are done in the vintage style. So these aren't going to be like playing a PlayStation 5 game or something like that. These are going to be the blocky, silly-looking retro games, but they're, cool. they're a lot of fun. And so I'm really, really looking forward to that. And I, I may have already pre-ordered it. Oh, did you really? I that was just going to say, I know what I want for Christmas. That's going that's to awesome. be. Well, that's, and I'm going to, yeah. And then when I get it, I am going to do an unboxing and, and everything. Yes, on, let's play with it. Yeah, let's, Please. yeah, I think it'll be really cool. I'm looking forward to doing that. So you can look for that this Christmas. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Anything else? Oh, I got, I got, Yeah. Quite a bit, a couple other things here. Okay. Um, so, have you seen the Frasier reboot trailer that's uh -uh. come out? No. So, good old Frasier. I love Frasier. Yeah, you're a I big love Frasier Cheers. Fan. I love Frasier. And so, I'm, again, I'm, I'm excited. I didn't, I'm hoping this is something we didn't realize we needed, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> right. Okay. Because I liked where it left, Frasier left off. He was going to meet, you know, the love of his life in Chicago and stuff like that. But this has him going, Back to Boston, his old stomping grounds. So I'm sure we'll hear about, you know, his cheers days and all that. What they're saying is because obviously his dad, Martin, passed away in 2018. Right. And obviously Eddie, the dog, would have would passed have away passed long away, by now. Yeah. So they're kind of like, well, he's like taking on this new role in life. He's going back to Boston to do something different. And he's like older now, like Martin was. And now he's got, you know, Freddie's older and on his own and everything too. So really Freddie's like the son 
and now Frazier's the dad. Okay. It's kind of a switched roles kind of thing. Where okay. Frazier, he was a son, and Martin was the dad. So they're saying a great way to tribute to Martin and Eddie would be for Frazier to have a dog. Okay. Because it was always Frazier's, you know, love-hate relationship with Eddie. Like sometimes they got along, and sometimes... They were at war together, right? So now, He's always saying, like, I don't understand why you're so attached to this dog. I don't understand. I don't understand. So, right. But Martin's like, you'll understand when you're my age. Well, now he's his age. Right. Now so he So that would be it. great. And he okay. actually did have a dog in Cheers. Oh, okay. Off screen, he ended up giving it to Sam. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. We'll have to go back and watch it now, right? So this comes out on October 12th on Paramount+. Plus. It's going to have all new characters in it. Frazier's yeah, the cause... only one coming back. David Hyde Pierce isn't coming back. His right. brother, uh, James Leaves, is not James coming Leaves, back. Yeah. BB Lilith, okay, BB Newark. coming back. Yeah. Perry Roz is coming uh, back. They're going to just do guest appearances. Okay, so they're not going to be the regulars on there. I liked will, Roz. Yeah, actually, I like I like Lilith too. too. Yeah. and hopefully maybe David Hyde Pierce and James will change their mind down the road and yeah. pop it. At least pop in. Give us at least a little taste. I want to see their faces and see how they're doing. But yeah, and then their tagline is Frasier's back in the building. Okay. Because at the end of the song, it's like, Frasier has left the building. Right. So Frasier's back in the building. So I, I'm kind of excited for this one. Sure. I loved it and I love the character of Frasier. So I, I'm looking forward to this one. October 12th, I will be watching that. You're a little more optimistic for this one than the, I am. Than yes. the R.L. Stein one. Okay. Yes. Again, taking it way, way back, uh, Timberland, Timberland, Justin Timberlake, and Nelly Furtado are doing a new collab. That's hard to say. Tim, it is. Timberland, Timberlake. I, like, I can't even say that. Timberland, we got the land and the lake. We need, Timber, we need Timba, Nelly to be Timba Sky <laughs> and everything. Yet. So Timberland, Justin Timberlake, and Nelly Furtado are collaborating again. Yeah. So they last time they collabed was 16 years ago in 2007. That was 16, 16 years, years ago. 16 years ago, right? Wow. And it was Give It To Me. So this is their first song together since then. I think Nelly kind of like went off the world for a while there you know i don't think she released music for like six years oh wow and then she's finally back um but this new song's released september 1st they're all three of them are like out there promoting it and giving us you know saying hey we're working together it's coming out but they have not released a title they have not released any like little snippets that we know of anyway okay like in the their their promo thing it's like all their older music Okay. And stuff. So, but Timberland has worked closely with Justin Timberlake on some of his biggest albums. Right. This takes me back to high school. All three <laughs> of those. So I was like, "Whoa, what's this?" So that could that could be fun just for nostalgia purposes. So hopefully it's something really cool. Well, speaking of going back to high school for you, mm-hmm. not for me because I was long out of high school by this point. But I also heard that there's another thing Justin might be doing. Oh, yes. Yeah. So there's a hint that NSYNC is freaking getting back together. Oh, my gosh. So wow. again, I wasn't big on a boy band. Right. But I went to a boy band concert. Mm-hmm. It was freaking amazing. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. NSYNC was the only one not there. <laughs> but it's. <laughs> yeah. Who was it that you saw? Um, It was uh, New Kids on the Block. Mm-hmm. 98 degrees oh gosh 98 degrees yeah. okay and um boys to men yes i was really looking forward to them but the whole show was amazing <laughs> so so you've never seen in sync i've never seen in sync so but there it's talk that they're going to do 
songs and maybe the whole soundtrack. I don't know for the new Trolls movie coming out, which Justin Timberlake has always been a part of. Right. Um, but there's also teasing that there may be like an entire tour happening with. Wow, this. that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, that's going to be huge. Man, make big bucks off of that. So yeah, they will. So Justin is very very busy boy. Yeah, he sure is. I like Justin Timberlake. Like, yes. I don't, he's not the kind of guy, I, being honest, I, I mean, I listen to all different kinds of music, but I, I don't dislike his music, but he's not somebody where it's like, I want to put on some Justin Timberlake. Right. I don't really do that, but I don't mind him. But he's a hell of a performer, man. Mm. He's he's super talented and he's funny as hell too. So Yeah, yeah, I really like Justin. Yeah, so that's cool. Good, to him, good for him, man. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh my God, NSYNC coming back. You know, like I said, by the time NSYNC came around, I was already like way out of high school. So yeah, I'd be down to seeing it. I just want to see the show. Sure. That'd be, I, I, it'd be fun. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, again, taking it way back to my high school days. Uh, the guy that voices Mario in a lot of the video games. It's a me. It's a me, Mario. Um, Charles Martinez. Yeah. Is retiring from voicing him. I yeah, I saw that. So he's been doing it for thirty. He's been in the business Nintendo business for thirty years. But in nineteen ninety six is when he started voicing Mario for for Nintendo sixty four. Yep. <laughs> so he he's given it up. He's passing the baton. Uh, I don't know if he's passing it completely to maybe Chris Pratt, who was oh, in the new movie. Maybe. Took over. But is it just the movie? But he's becoming, his new role is called Mario Ambassador. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly what that entails. They didn't really say. Yeah. But to me, it kind of sounded like he's going to be making the circuits of like all the conventions. Sure. That Okay. So he's not voicing anymore. He's more focused on that side Promoting of it. and just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. But he also voiced Luigi. Mm-hmm. Wario yeah. and Waluigi. <laughs> so. <laughs> so every iteration of it. Yeah, every and then he had a brief cameo in the new Mario movie, which I missed. I wonder, did he voice because there was the there was the one scene when like they're in the restaurant and there's the Mario-ish looking guy that and he's playing Donkey Kong and he looks like the the Mario type character from the old the original Donkey Kong game. Oh, I game. bet you're right. And he and he's kind of, yeah, because he's like he just goes, whoa. Ooh, he does. Oh, it's gotta <gasps> it's be. It's gotta be him. Yeah, because that's one of his even, taglines. I didn't even think about that. So that's gotta be him. Oh, okay, that's so even. So he'll cool. be still we, in the Mario world, but yeah, we just talked about the Mario movie, mm-hmm. and I think well, this last episode or one of the yep. last episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it all keeps coming back to Mario. Mario, it's all Mario right now. Yep, and then you <laughs> played that gig. I yeah, want to go see the movie. I did. Yeah, I got to play. Uh, <laughs> with one of my cover bands, we played at an outdoor festival in Indiana where the whole theme was Mario and it read Super Mario. So there was like all sorts of kids, people all ages really, mm-hmm. but there was like a lot of kids and stuff like that were dressing up cosplaying as characters from from the Mario games and from the cartoons and all that stuff. And then and then at the end they they watched uh they watched the movie, the movie and yeah. stuff and I had already seen the movie. So but yeah, it was really cute. It was funny. Yeah, and I, I was even, I kept playing little snippets of, of <laughs> music. For, but well, the kids kept asking me to play the, the Peaches song and everything. The Peaches, 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 Peaches song. And yeah, it was stuck in my head for days. <laughs> I was doing my mud run. I was like, Peaches, 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 Peaches. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's cool that he's still going to be sticking around and being involved. But, you know, yeah, 30 years is a long time to do any jobs. So I guess he has a right to retire from that. Yes. Um, and then my last thing, very quickly, because there's not a lot of news on this yet. Okay. Um, but the Twisters, re- or not remake, but reboot. No, not reboot even. It's 
Is sequel? it like a sequel? Sequel. It's got to be a sequel. Is coming out July nineteenth, two thousand twenty-four. Rumored. Okay. It's too soon to tell. Um, supposedly, it's going to star Daisy Edgar Jones, Glenn Powell, and Anthony Ramos. Okay, so it's a whole new cast. It's a whole new cast. It's like you know the next generation's coming up, kind of thing. Is what it sounds Chasing like. Chasing tornadoes. Chasing tornadoes, doing okay. the same kind of stuff. Um, but that, that's all we really know right now. Hmm. And I am again cautiously optimistic because if this one has a soundtrack like the last one. <laughs> which I think is one of the best soundtracks ever. Yeah, I love that soundtrack. I, I, I don't know. has all the pieces that I'm here for. I'm at least going to check it out. I'm, I'm excited for this. I one. don't think it's going to have as good of a soundtrack. You I'm not trying. So? You no, know, because part of, I mean, it could. It, I, I sh- I, we don't know. Might. I it's have no soon. idea. But my gut tells me, just like with all the other like reboot things or new sequels and stuff, they're going to err on the side of like, well, we have to make it modern. We have to make mm-hmm. it something that, you know, is going to be relatable for younger people. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a bunch of like modern type music and stuff, you know, because what made part of to me what I loved so much about the soundtrack of Twister was that it was like really diverse. You had, you had all over the place Van Halen, but then you had rusted root and you had, you know what I mean? And you had like, so you, you had like hard rock, you had like folky rock, you had more like Southern, you know, country rock, you had pop. They, you know, in the movie, they even had, you know, scenes with a, with classical music, you know, when they're when they're all like chasing after the tornadoes and singing the parts of the classical yeah, right. together, and then and then you know, and then over in the other truck, they're cranking early Deep Purple and stuff, you know, and it's like I love that scene, and and yeah, when they're all and that was great, and I I I it would be cool if they did something like that, like if they mixed it up with like some new modern stuff, but then had like a bunch of other stuff, I just going by how they generally do things nowadays i'd be really surprised there's very few soundtracks anymore that are like stranger things or like uh Ga- guardians of the galaxy you know that that try to mix it up like I that know, but those are big too so that might happen if they well if they go that route and they do that that would be awesome but mm-hmm. i'm just not gonna You're hold not gonna my see breath it. okay you know but we'll see how the movie is you know and everything we'll but curious once we get some more details yeah but all right, man. That, yeah, that was that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot of bacon that was shaken. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I think it's time to hear a brief word from our sponsor, and then we're going to get into a little bit of uh, some real talk over here, some squad talk, as it were. So, check this out. We'll be right back. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening And that little intro means it is time for the two of us to get into a little bit of squad talk. (laughs) 
And in Squad Talk, this is when we talk about uh, nonfiction stuff, mostly. You know, we're going to talk about what's going on currently in the news that is relatable to our geeky sci-fi minded selves. Usually (laughs) we've talked in the past about UFOs and AI stuff and everything. And this time we have something a little different to talk about. What, what are we getting into here? We are talking about relocating the human population to the moon. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, at least we're going to start with the landing crew. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So explore the moon. Right. So what it looks like to me here, I was I was just reading the article and everything, and it looks like I mean this isn't something completely new. This is something they've talked about for years. They've been they've been theorizing about the idea of being able to have some sort of colonies or right. something or or like space stations or whatever on the moon. Right. And their hard piece to get over is the weather on the moon. Okay. It's so inhospitable to humans that even if they put a station there, the weather's going to destroy it. Yeah. Okay. It's like 260 degrees. Right. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, we should, we should specify what you're talking about when you say weather. First of all, well, here's, first of all, here's all the problems with living on the moon. All right. First of all, the temperatures there is, it, it varies widely. Like the, Temperature goes from 200, negative 280 degrees Fahrenheit at night. So, I mean, think about that. Think about how cold it is when it's just like... I don't like it when it's negative one. Yeah, when it's like negative five degrees out when we get a really bad winter, that's you know. And I can't even fathom what 280 degrees would be. Negative. I mean, that's just like instant frozen, instantly crystalline, like you just freeze in a, in a, in a fraction of a second. In that kind of That's thing. Insane. And then in the day, it can go up to well over 200, like 250, 260 degrees Fahrenheit hot. Jesus. So that's like being in a, in a, in a pretty hot oven, you know, you mm-hmm. can all, you can almost cook like a turkey or something, you know, <laughs> right. if you cook a turkey at 300, right. you're almost there, <laughs> Cooking. you know, and uh, yeah. Not to mention radiation. Well, that's the other thing like people don't think about is that like when you're out there, if you are out there in space, whether you're on the moon or what or whatever, the problem with being out in space is that people don't think about how protected we are on the earth, how we have this natural like protection from magnetic fields in our atmosphere and stuff Mm -hmm. from radiation from the sun and everything. And it's still bad. Like you can still obviously get cancer and things from the sun if you're too exposed but like when you're out in space there's no protection right it says it's 200 times greater than the radiation that hits the earth right that's nuts right so so the question is so then how are they thinking that they're going to have us living on the moon right so they were very excited i guess they found a bunch of lunar pits right that they're basically caves on the surface or under the surface i should say Mm -hmm. that have a constant temperature day or night of 63 degrees fahrenheit so they're just like our earth caves where they're a constant temperature that's cool so they're pretty exciting that that keeps them from the radiation it keeps them from the extreme temperatures you know the the dust storms and all that stuff so these were like these these caves were like formed by moon volcanoes or something like that is it like because i was reading they were calling it like lava tubes yeah so it has to be it has to be that they're at some point or another, if they're not there now, that at some point there had to be some sort of like volcanoes on the moon 
if they created lava. Right. I would assume. Yeah. I, I mean, I never thought of the moon having lava or volcanoes, but why would, why can't it? Yeah. Something, I mean, who knows what the hell's underneath that surface? At, yeah. I'm sure I anything they're vacant like that, lava at, tubes. at the core, you know, of all these, these uh, celestial, you mm-hmm. know, it's all lava, right? Beings. It's got to be some kind of lava. The floor is lava. Right. The moon is lava. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, and another thing is that's cool that they, they found out like, well, there's these, there's these like whatever lava tubes, caves, whatever they want to call it on the surface. And I get the impression that they're pretty, they're pretty deep. It sounds like it. Yes. Yeah. Cause like 30 if, story building. Is that what it said? Thir- yeah. 30 story building. Okay. So they'll have to build some sort of protective thing dome or something right but how are they going to make it now i get that they're going to make a protective dome that can protect it from uv radiation all that kind of stuff they can protect it they can have it climate controlled Mm -hmm. you know for temperature but how are they going to protect it from meteorites because some of those meteorites that hit the moon and apparently they hit the moon pretty pretty damn frequently from from what i was reading like they could be pretty massive I'd be real nervous about being in one of these cave things, you know, and having some kind of structure and just being like at any moment, a meteorite can just crash through that thing right there. You know, like I'm, I don't know. Part of the hazards of being an astronaut and being on the moon, because if you were just in a little tent on the moon surface, you'd be really screwed. Right. But I guess the point is most of the people who have gone to the moon, not that there's been many, but the, the few that have gone to the moon, they've been on there very briefly. And, you know, your odds are a little better. At that point of like, well, you're not going to, they're not going to be there that long. But if we start colonizing it, so to speak, where we're going to have permanent residencies of some sort, even if it's just scientists and military and stuff at first, which I'm right. sure even is what it's like going to be. For six months periods or still, it's a long time. But I mean, still, I mean, so my point is, is like, wow, you know, I'm just trying to think of like, how are they going to protect against that? Because I can't really think of what kind of materials they have now that could really protect against space debris like that. Because that, I mean, when those things hit, the force with which it hits is incredible. It's incredible. That's why we're so worried about it here on Earth. Because oh, yeah. Of it. Because and and we've at least got atmosphere and all that stuff that that breaks up a lot of that, Mm -hmm. you know, because we do have debris that comes through Mm -hmm. and and hits the earth and everything. But it usually mostly burns up in the atmosphere. So with the moon not having that, if all of a sudden, you know, you get some meteorite that hits, it's like it's going to be pretty bad. So I'm really curious because I didn't read anything on here about how they were. Going to, yeah, deal with that? Yeah. Mm-mm. No, I didn't see anything either. Hmm. They're going to take a drilling unit and put it on the meteor, drill <laughs> it in half, put a bomb in there. Get Bruce Willis to get up there uh-huh. and do it. Yeah, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> they're going to start, they're going to crank the Aerosmith because uh-huh. you don't want to miss a thing. Nope. I don't think I don't know if that's gonna work. Oh, okay. I, you know, I hate to I hate to burst your bubble. I hate to burst your meteorite, but <laughs> I don't think that yeah, Bruce Willis is retired now, so we yeah, we can't use him. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting, but what I find really interesting about this is the timeline. Cause they're talking about this starting in twenty twenty six. Yeah, they're not playing. It's only a couple of years from now. Uh-huh. So I must have something worked out, some plan. Yeah. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. I'm really, really curious about that. And I have a couple of questions for you on this. Okay. So a couple things. First of all, 
let's say you get approached somehow. Maybe they do it randomly. Maybe they, they're just, they're approaching different people throughout the world, you know, to get people to volunteer to go up there, say in like, you know, five, six years from now. They come to you and they're like, Megan, we want you to go up there and live there for a while, be a representative, you know, for, you know, whatever they decide, like your vocation would be. Maybe they'd be like, you'd be great at this. We, all these things. Maybe they just figure you're tiny enough to fit in one of the spaceships, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have the opposite problem of Vito who, who yeah, who's he's like, too I, tall. <laughs> he's like, I would go in a heartbeat, but I'm too big. I can't mm-hmm. fit in. They won't take anybody my size. Cause Vito's like six, seven, they come to you and they ask you to do that. Would you go? No. No? Why? I'd freeze to death. 63 degrees? <laughs> but just below seven, it's like, I'm freezing. Turn on the heat. Give me a sweater and some gloves and a hat. You can't see me face palming. <laughs> yeah, this this woman is always cold. Always. Always cold. I, I couldn't do it. If it's like 76 degrees, she's like, it's a little chilly. I better get my jacket. I'm like, it's 76 degrees. I'm sweating. But the sun's down. It's chilly. (sighs) There's a breeze. I guess this is the difference between when you grow up in in the South, when you grow up in Oklahoma. (laughs) It's hot and humid, man. Compared to growing up in. swimming in the air. (laughs) Yeah. Compared to me growing up in Chicago, where it's like 76 is like pretty damn warm, you Mm. know. And to you, you're like, "Uh, it's kind of a little cold. Yeah. When I was young, I wasn't allowed to step outside if it wasn't over 70 degrees. It's for a reason. So, no, I would not go. That's ridiculous. That is utterly, <laughs> utterly ridiculous. But okay. How about you? No, absolutely not. No? Absolutely not. I have no desire. I am not adventurous. <laughs> I, I've, we talked about this before. Yeah. I'm not that adventurous. I look at pictures when it's like, hey, here's a picture that they took of the earth from the surface of the moon. And I look at that and I get like sweaty. Like I get like, ah, like I get, I'm, for one thing, like I've established, I'm afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just, I'm fascinated with space. I love the concept of space. I'm terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get scared being on planes, much less the idea of going above the atmosphere mm-hmm. and going out and like that just freaks me out. It's like every fiber of my being just is like, no, you're not <laughs> meant to be here. And I'm not saying we shouldn't go as a species, but I, I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I guess if it was a matter of life and death and it was like one of those things like in a movie, where it's like, we, the Earth's about to explode. You got to go to the moon. Like, we all all have, right, we got to go. Right. Then. If it was something like that, I guess I would take my chances okay. with it and I'd just deal with it. But I'd be shitting myself the whole time, I'm sure. But, um, but now, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you told me I can get on a space shuttle to go do a lap around the Earth and then come back, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I definitely wouldn't do that. No, I don't want to go live on the moon. That seems desolate and awful. Now that I'm thinking about that, I have another question for you. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the idea of we are now on the verge, potentially on the verge of, as a species, the human species is going to possibly start living off-world Now, I mean, I understand it's going to be on our moon. It's not like we're going to live on Mars or Mm -hmm. some other planet, but we're, we're venturing out now outside of our atmosphere onto another planet. How do you feel about that in terms of the implications of that? Because there's a lot of things to consider. A, they've said that if a human being was to grow up 
outside of the earth. Like say if a baby was born, I mean, there've been movies about this and books and theories about it. If somebody was born on another planet or, I mean, moon isn't a planet, but it's still the same idea. There's, there's a difference there Mm -hmm. in the chemistry of it, that it could create a different kind of human. Like there, there would be things physiologically that would be different potentially about it. It could be good. It could be bad. How do you feel about that? And also, how do you feel about, I'll just throw it out there for me. The physiological thing I'm curious about, like I'd be interested to see, it's I, it's interesting to think that we could have a, a, a humans plus, you know, kind of like we're talking <laughs> about Atari plus, like we have a humans plus, like it's like they're human, but they're a little different, you know, mm-hmm. that's intriguing to me. But as someone who does kind of believe that there is probably life out there in the universe and does believe that there is a chance at least that this life is watching us and monitoring our progression. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the idea that we're about to take that step? Because to me, this could be the kind of step where all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you know, if there is some other intelligent life out there that's watching us and they're like, Oh, okay. Now they're living like they've made that big step. Right. That could be good or that could be bad. You know, they could be like, because I know thinking about us, we are not that advanced. We're a bunch of fucking savages. (laughs) And if I was an advanced civilization and I start seeing the savages are starting to like, you know, venture off their safe planet where we kind of know where they are and we can keep an eye (laughs) on them. And now they're getting to the point where they're venturing out here because not only that, but if we were living out there, we also might be more privy to things that are going on out there and stuff too. In space, there's just a lot of possibilities. What do you think about that? Okay. So do you think we're ready? I guess is my point. I don't know if we're ever going to be ready. Mm, Okay. So we might as well do it now. Why not? And I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Okay. Okay. I think if we are being watched, aliens are watching us, they cleared out the entire freaking Milky Way, the galaxy for us, (laughs) to give us room to explore in. So they could back up if they needed to. Like, okay, they they moved to a different... Area okay, they're on. They're just on the moon. We're we're we got time. We got time. We got billions of decades still before they get to the next planet. Planet or maybe so. If they're that far advanced, they I, maybe they back up and give us some room. Like okay, they're starting to figure it out. They're taking baby steps. Yeah, they're still savages, but they're starting to make a little bit of progress. And let's see. I'd be excited to know again. Going off Star Trek, I was like, okay, we have all these different areas now i was like so this one could be like the fun peace leaving living area and this one could be you know for these kind of people that want to live and these can be over here and everybody could like have their own freaking planets (laughs) and everybody would just get along oh that will never happen yeah and then as far as like us evolving good or bad maybe that's what we're supposed to do who knows because okay you know you can get dr who (laughs) And Cassandra yeah. was there. Cassandra, right? Well, she's a she was a human, right? And now she's just a skin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call her. Yeah, you she's know? just talking skin. I was like, see, we have no idea what we're gonna. We're, again, we're just the savage part of us right yeah. now. Who knows what we're gonna evolve to be later? Yeah, I'm just. It's just. It's crazy to think that we're just in a time now 
because it seems like it wasn't that long ago and it really wasn't that we were we weren't really that close to talking about like legitimately talking about and giving a date of like okay by this year in like two years we're going to make this uh, a thing where we're going to be on another rock you know what i mean mm -hmm. even if it's a moon and all that it's just so weird that it's so like we're there like we're we're right on the cusp of it well think about it when they first did the moon landing in what the 60s right imagine what they felt i was like oh, they've I know. never had anything like this oh i know and it, this is just us living through history right we're, th we've experienced so much in our short little lifetimes right right this is just another step of it yeah the last the last hundred years mm -hmm. has just been huge for us for our civilization and i think this is just a little tip of the iceberg for oh human. i know well let's move on that was yeah. that was fun but kind of heavy thing to talk about so let's have some fun yeah we always like to end the squad talk segments with some sort of like fun thing and this one meg gathered up a bunch of fun memes that were shared uh this first one i think was shared by javier mm -hmm. and this was what was this meme um is one has to go and it's like a food edition so we okay. have we have six choices here okay uh you could choose chipotle yep red lobster mm -hmm. mcdonald's mm -hmm. burger king taco bell and Popeyes. Okay, so out of those, one of them, that's not bad. I mean, you can keep five, but get rid of one. Yeah. It's better than only keeping one and getting rid of the other five, because that would be really hard. Right. If you were going to get rid of one of them, Megan, which would you get rid of? Well, clearly it's not Taco Bell. <laughs> no, we know it's not Taco <laughs> Bell. Because I get that damn near every day. Just about every day. <laughs> every day. It. Yep. Um, it will definitely not be Red Lobster, because I don't care what anybody in the group says. I love Red Lobster. Yeah, man, uh, let me tell you, I, it's amazing how many, I'm so tired of people bagging on Red Lobster. Now, if you're bagging on Red Lobster because you're just like, well, I don't like seafood. Okay, well, yeah, fair, fair enough, you know, because it's predominantly a seafood restaurant. But I see a lot of people bag on it like, oh, Red Lobster's cruddy and everything. Dude, it's, it's fucking really not. Red Lobster is awesome. Yeah, I really like Red Lobster. I love Red I'm Lobster. I'm sure you can get like fresher seafood and stuff like that. I mean, I get that too, but... It's not bad. I love Red Lobster. They got a lot of good stuff. A lot of really yummy stuff. Because I don't fuck up the ranch dressing. Oh, yeah. You know, I noticed that the last time I went. The ranch dressing was not Right? Thank the same. you. It's weird. Yeah, when mom and I went, we were both noticing like, oh, this, this ranch dressing isn't as good. I even as asked the lady. She's like, yeah, we switched it. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't switch. Yeah, next thing you know, they're going to they're gonna change the biscuit recipe. People would revolt. No, I was like, okay. Shut them down. <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway, so not Taco Bell, not Red Lobster. Um, I really enjoy Chipotle. Okay. I get my bowls there. Um, I enjoy some McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I love their French fries. I love their fish sandwiches. Yeah, you, Big Mac. You, you, you know. mentioned French, uh, McDonald's pretty frequently. Pre yeah, I yeah. have it pretty often. Um, so I'm kind of torn between Burger King and Popeye's. Okay. Um, I don't get either of them very often. I enjoy both. Right. But... I don't know. I just don't get it, both of them. I think I'm going to actually go with Burger King. So okay. I still have a chicken option in my in my list. Right. I got burgers already with McDonald's and fries. So Right. That I'm makes going sense. with Burger King. I think that's a I think that's a reasonable choice. Yeah, I want a junior whopper though. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? The funny thing is this this would be easier for me if I could only choose one. <laughs> <laughs> And let the rest go. Although, yeah. I mean, that being said, I do like some of these other ones. Um, I love Red Lobster. That stays. 
you know, I could eat at Red Lobster almost every damn day. Yeah. You know, there's something because I love scallops. I love shrimp. I love all kinds of fish. I love lobster. I love crab. I love all of it. Yeah. Give me the ultimate feast every day. I'm happy. Yeah. That's that's good stuff, man. Those crispy Brussels sprouts. Oh, man, oh so yeah. Oh, my God. They're <laughs> so good. Anyway, so Red Lobster stays. Taco Bell. I really, really like Taco Bell. I don't eat it frequently because of dietary things with me, but I I really do like Taco Bell. Popeyes is something I rarely get because a lot of their chicken is spicy and I can't mm-hmm. I can't do spicy. Okay. The couple of times I have eaten things from Popeyes that I could eat, it was, it was quite good. It was really good. I really liked it as a kid. McDonald's, I get, you know, again, McDonald's gets a lot of hate. Ah, oh, it's crappy food or whatever. I love me some McDonald's, man. <laughs> you know, again, it's something I do not eat very frequently. I have McDonald's like every few months or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe. But for me, McDonald's, like the great things I love at McDonald's is I love the breakfast sandwiches, mm-hmm. you know, an egg McMuffin, things like that. The hash browns. Like your little burritos. Oh yeah, I don't eat those, but I, but I, but I, yeah, I like all the other stuff. Um, I love me a filet of fish. Obviously, I like fish. I like Burger King. They are secondary to McDonald's for me. And I can't eat the damn sesame seed buns and all that stuff. But Burger King's okay. I can eat it. Burger King has great onion rings. Mm-hmm. Really yes. great onion rings. When they're made well, they're really good, good yes. onion rings. So for me, the thing I guess I would probably... I would probably have to let go of Chipotle. Okay. I have nothing against Chipotle, but I don't eat it. Taco Bell is tame enough that I can eat that, at least some of the things at Taco Bell. Chipotle, I just can't do. So, yep, that's got to go. So okay. sorry, Chipotle. And all, like I said, all you Red Lobster haters, suck it. <laughs> it's sticking around with me. Yes. All right, Javier shared another really good one. There was a really interesting, very interesting take on it. It was a build build a team to take over the world. Mm. And it was like we did in the last one where mm-hmm. we had the build your superhero team. For $100 they, or something? Yeah, for $100, you, you could build a team. And they had different tiers of, of guys here. And th- man, there's there's a whole bunch of them. So the $10 tier, we have, uh, we have Kingpin from Daredevil. We have the Alien Queen. We have, I don't even know who that is. I know. I don't, it's but it has some like. Some sci fi thing yeah. or something. And then there was uh, Michael Myers from Halloween. Okay. The $30 tier was Darth Maul, Venom from the Spider Verse, you know, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. The, the Mummy. The Mummy, yeah, the Mummy, Egyptian Mummy King guy. From, from the Mummy. <laughs> from the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. Then the top tier, we have. Dark Side from the DC Universe. We have Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies. We have the Balrog from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And lastly, in the $60 tier, we have Apocalypse from the X-Men series. Okay, so I've put no th- forethought into this. <laughs> Either. <laughs> um, to take over. So, okay, we're not just talking about like attacking or murdering a bunch of people or whatever, winning a battle. We're talking about taking over the world. That's the theme. Okay. The theme of the meme is taking <laughs> over the world. So, And we have $100 to spend, right? $100 to spend. So for taking over the world, I'm going to go with Apocalypse from X-Men. I'm going to go with Darth Maul for $30. And then lastly, I'm going to go with Alien Xenomorph from the Aliens. And my rationale is Apocalypse. I mean, he's like a warlord 
he's a god essentially, like a demigod. Okay. And everything. So he would be like the big guy. And Darth Maul has force power. He could almost be like the the knight, you know what I mean? Like the head knight, you know, like the Lancelot, the, the evil Lancelot, you know, he could be like the general, okay. so to speak, underneath that. And then the xenomorphs, I mean, the way they, they are, the way they can just get in your body and burst out of your chest and the way they can populate. And I mean, those alien xenomorphs are brutal, brutal bitches. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with those three because I think those would be the way to take over like a planet or something. Okay. All right. So I think I'm going to go with the Belrog from Lord of the Rings. From Rings. Okay. That's 60 bucks. 60 bucks. Because again, kind of like all godly powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. Don't fuck with them. I get it. Right. Yep. I'm going with Imhotep. For thirty bucks, okay, from the he mummy, can cast spells, get you to do and come back from the dead, so you can kill him, and who cares? Oh, uh, that's a good point. So he that's can just keep coming back and yeah. regenerating. Yep. And I also I'm going to take the alien because you need a guy to fuck people up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so All right. he's my my soldier, my ten dollar alien, yeah. my priest. Yeah, Imhotep here to. To do what he needs to do and keep coming back after you kill him. And my God, that you're not going to mess with. So Yeah, with the Balrog. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what I'm going with. Take over the world. Yeah, you shall not pass, Balrog. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that that's that's pretty sound. I think those I think those are good choices. I'd love to hear at home. Let us what know your what your choices are if you were going to take over the world with these choices um moving on to another one matt our erstwhile pal chose another meme along similar lines but different and what was the theme of this meme um so we have what is it nine choices here okay we have one will protect you the other eight are going to try to actively kill you <laughs> so you have to choose one to protect you all right and the choices here are terminator the t-800 mm-hmm we have the Predator mm-hmm. from Predator. We have Batman, the Dark Knight. We have Wolverine. We have Hellboy. We have Sub-Zero. We have Darth Vader. We have the Punisher. And lastly, we got good old RoboCop. Out of those nine, you can choose one of them to be your protector to fight against the other eight. That's a tall order, man. That is. So out of those, I went first. So this time you go first. All right. Um, I went with Batman, actually. Really? Because he can just put a mask on and you don't know who he is. He's he's like Superman. You just put glasses on him so he could protect me out in the open. Okay. He could just kind of walk around and nobody will know it's us because we'll have disguises. Once I'm with Batman, then he can kick everybody asses. He's got all these cool toys. That's an interesting. <laughs> He's got all the money. So he could hide me really well. Maybe. <laughs> what are you thinking? Maybe. <laughs> Batman was probably my least choice on that whole list. Because <laughs> when I looked at it, I'm like, that fool don't even got superpowers. <laughs> like, what's, <laughs> what's he going to do? This is really hard. My initial thought was to go with Darth Vader. Okay. Because he's got the Force. Right. He can do so much with that. He can sense them coming. Not very good with lava. No. When the floor is lava, he's he's bad. But the problem that I have with some of these choices is their vulnerability. 
they have like in terms of like their personality and like emotion and stuff like that. Like Wolverine can be emotional. Vader even can be emotional. He's still Anakin in there, Mm -hmm. you know, Hellboy and, and even the Punisher, you know, like there's Batman, all that. There's some emotion in there. Predator is a tough, scary mofo, but I, I don't trust the Predator. Right. RoboCop is pretty cool, but, and he's, he's bad. I mean, he's RoboCop. He's awesome, but he's defeatable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, especially against some of these. I mean, I just could see Wolverine just slicing right through RoboCop, you know, <laughs> like those adamantium claws and, and then like Predator. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually going with Arnie. I'm going really? with, I'm going Peter with, would the, be so proud. I'm going with the Terminator, man. Wow. Because you know why? Why? Because he, is the protector like that's his whole purpose was to protect him you know i mean i know in the first movie he was there to try and kill sarah but but i'm i'm looking at it from like i'm looking at it as the t2 version of the terminator like his okay. whole thing is his whole entire existence is to protect john connor like at all costs and he'll take every bit of damage blah blah blah, blah like all this kind of stuff he doesn't have feelings really you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's got i feel like the terminator is who I would trust to like protect me. All right. And everything. I can buy that. The other ones don't really strike me as much as being great at being as protective. You know, he's a protector. So I'm going with the Terminator. All right. I like that choice. Okay. All right. We got one last meme. And this was another one that was shared by Matt. And we'll try not to get because I know this is going. Yeah, this is a big one. So it, what it is, is in this meme, it's the trilogy meter. And in the trilogy meter, um, it's it's rating or it's ranking showing like, you know, like how a meter is where it's like, you know, almost looks like a, uh, a, a chart, you know, or a glass that's like full of water kind of thing, you <laughs> <Right>. know, <laughs> and it's showing how they rank it. So it's like, say, for example, this the original Star Wars trilogy. They've got the first movie is mostly to the to the top second movie empire strikes back is completely to the top so that's obviously number one and then return of the jedi is a little less than the other two so that's third place Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how they're ranking it like what comes in first second and third place and looking at most of these i think that they're pretty accurate but when you look at any of these we can't talk about all of them but are there any of them that stand out to you like oh that's not right um, the first one that popped in my head when I first saw it was Indiana Jones, because three should be full to the top as well. Yeah, I could see that. In my opinion, two should be a little bit like way lower. <laughs> yeah, well, they. In my opinion, they but. have they have they have Raiders of the Lost Ark rated all the way. Like that's obviously number one. Right. And then they have, it looks like if I'm looking three are like even. Yeah. So they've got them tied and I don't agree with that. Yeah. And they're, they're pretty, I mean, they're both pretty full. Yeah. I mean, they're rated highly, but they're just, but they're not, but I don't think they're equal. No, I definitely think, uh, temple of doom comes in third place. Yes. I agree with you on that matrix. They've got the first movies real high. Two is 
pretty low and three is super low. I agree with that. Um, and Jurassic Park's exactly the same almost. And Jurassic Park's, look at that. It's only like half full for the first movie. What? Yeah. I, what? That's pretty wonky. I don't get, they obviously, whoever made this didn't like Jurassic Park that much. Apparently. And I think that the other two movies, while they're not nearly as good as the first one, they deserve to rank better than that. They have the the Superman trilogy, the original mm. one. Mm-hmm. They have the first movie, the 78 movie, ranked in second place. They have Superman 2 in first place, and they have Superman 3 ranked in a far distant third. I do not agree with that. I know most people tend to prefer Superman 2 because they like the villains. There's They feel that there's more action and stuff like that. For okay. me, the first Superman movie is far superior far superior so and i love superman 2 i really do and i love superman 3 even though that's the silly one with richard pryor (laughs) but it's still got some really good stuff in it that one stands out to me and the one that really really stands out to me out of all these or actually there's two is x-men and again i know i'm i know i'm in the minority with this but they have X-Men 2 ranked in first place. They have X-Men 1 in second place. And then they have X-Men 3 ranked in a distant, far, far third place. Like they're saying, they basically, it almost doesn't even rank. Hmm. They've got it so low. I do not understand the hatred for the third X-Men movie. It had problems. It did have problems. There were things about it that I did not like. Putting it in the third place, I'm okay with it, but it should not be that far down. It is better than that. So that one I disagree with. And the other one that I really disagree with is The Godfather. I knew you were going to say that one. They have, out of the three Godfather movies, they have Godfather 2 full. They've got it at 100% saying that's number one. That's in first place. The first Godfather movie, they've got it ranked pretty highly, you know, like it's rated pretty hot in two's tail. But it's, you know, so if if two is at 100 percent, then Godfather one is probably at like 90 or 95. Mm -hmm. But they've got that in second place. And then they've got Godfather three almost like uh, like like it doesn't even rank. They're saying like they've they've got it rated at like 10 percent or something like that. So here's the thing. Godfather 2 is a great movie. Love it. Love, love, love that movie. But the first Godfather movie is, it's the first Godfather movie. It is far superior. (laughs) You know, it it just is. As much as I love De Niro and all the flashback stuff in Godfather 2, there's a lot of other shit in Godfather 2 that just drags on the, the Hyman Roth stuff and everything. Again, I'm not saying I hate it. I love Godfather 2, but that is definitely the second place movie. That for me that for me Godfather 1 would be 100%. It's one of the best movies ever made. Godfather 2 would be like 90% or 85%. And Godfather 3 it, yeah, it's got its problems. Admittedly, it's got its problems. But Godfather 3 is a much better movie than people want to give it credit for. I would at least give that movie like 60% or something like that. Okay. It's it's better than that. All the rest of them that I'm looking at, the way they rate them here, like Terminator, they got Terminator 
two is is the first place. The Planet of the Apes, they got the first Planet of the Apes movie in first place. Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future movies in first place. Completely agree. I love that Lord of the Rings it's even all the way across. It's <laughs> just even all the way across. They're they're all equally great. I'm like, yep, I, I agree with yep, that. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Um same with Alien. They put Aliens, the second Alien movie is number one and, and the first movie in second place. Yeah. I agree with all those, but man, that X Men and, and Superman and the Godfather, those are the ones that stand out. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Moving on. What do you suggest? <laughs> All right. Well, for anybody out there that is curious what we suggest, this sec- this whole segment is called What Do You Suggest? And it's when Megan and I suggest things that we're into, things that we've been enjoying lately, and we suggest you check it out. Megan, do you have something to suggest? I do. I watched a TV show recently okay. that I just enjoyed the ride. Okay. Don't expect anything major out of this. Just enjoy it for what it is. It has my silly sense of humor. Um, it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger in his first TV role. So it is called FUBAR. It's out on Netflix. It came out in May this year. And basically what it is, and it actually it's already been renewed for a second season. Oh, okay. So it must have been so done pretty right. well, right? And so Arnold plays a CIA operative named Luke. And it turns out that his daughter, Emma is also a CIA operative that he did not know about, and she didn't know about him. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And then basically, once they know about each other, neither one's happy that the other one's a CIA operative, obviously. The bosses end up making them work together. And of course, Emma doesn't want to respect her old man, and old man doesn't want to believe Emma's all grown up. I can handle her own, even though she's been doing this all these years. And then obviously, hilarity ensues. Um, They have two other partners, uh, Ruth which they call her Rue and Aldon, um, who are kind of like the comedic relief. Okay. And they have their serious moments, but um, they're they're a lot of fun. I really love the daughter Emma and the Luke and how they can butt heads and combat with each other. And I just really enjoyed this. Um, it's got action. It's got comedy. It deals with all of everybody's relationships. Um, I just thought it was a lot of just overall fun. Okay, to that watch sounds it. cool. Um, they have the bad guy. His name's Boro. Okay. Um, he's a powerful arms dealer, and Luke, in the old days, actually killed this kid's father. Okay. Okay. And he felt some kind of way responsible about it, so Luke basically provided for Burrow, made sure he got a good education and grew up properly, and so he wasn't just left to the streets or whatever country he's from right and but still borrow didn't know who killed his father wanted revenge for it and he still ended up in his father's business so luke's like now luke and emma gotta go after this guy and of course luke is conflicted with that relationship and then emma conflicted with emma it's it's a fun little ride okay so i'm excited there's gonna be a second season so i think you should check it out it's only eight episodes they're less than an hour 45 minutes long oh okay so easy to consume easy to consume if you're just looking for Something to enjoy on a Sunday. I, okay. th- I thought it was a fun little ride. And so. it's called Fubar? Fubar. F-U-B-A-R. And it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's weird because I haven't seen like hardly anything about that. No, I just I was just fl- thumbing through. I was like, oh, hey, what's this? This looks interesting. Hmm. So 
Well, that's the whole point of this segment is to uh-huh. inform people about stuff they probably or may not have heard of. So my suggestion is about a book and it's not, admittedly, it's newer to me, but it's not a new book. This actually came out and think in late to uh, 2021 and it is a book called The Ruby's Curse. More specifically, this is a novel that is based in the Doctor Who universe. So oh. for people that are into the Who-niverse, like I am, <laughs> I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. This is a book that takes place in that. Now, there's tons of Doctor Who novels out oh, yeah. there. But what makes this one interesting is that it's focused on the character of River Song, who was played by actress Alex Kingston. Hello, sweetie. And she's spoilers. she's yeah, spoilers. And she is one of my favorite characters in all of Doctor Who. You know, I, I love that character and everything. Well, this focuses primarily on her. And what's cool about it is the book was conceived and written by Alex Kingston. Oh, that is cool. So she created a story for her own character. And not only is so I've I've got the actual paperback book and I've been reading it and it and it's really good. But what's really cool is if you get the audio book, she narrates it too in character. Hmm. So you're listening to her telling this story. And what's particularly cool about it is for people that are Who fans and are River Song fans, you know that her whole thing is that she's like a space and time archaeologist, you know, and she always has her diary. I mean, that's a big part of her character in the story is her diary and she writes everything down. And so you're sort of like reading and hearing this book. It's almost like her reading aloud stuff from the diary, you know, mm. just even yes. more fleshed out than that. The story, uh, it, it, it jumps around and everything, but it like one, it, it focuses on two characters because, for example, it says 1939, New York, Private Eye Melody Malone, which is River Song. Mm. We know that her name was actually Melody, Melody. Mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> is hired to find a stolen ruby, the Eye of Horus. The ruby might hold the secret to the location of Cleopatra's tomb, but everyone who comes into contact with it dies. Can Melody escape the ruby's curse? Oh, my God. I want this. (laughs) Yeah, this is up your alley there. So 1939 New York River Song, who is the author of the Melody Malone Mysteries, is forced to find a reality altering weapon, the Eye of Horus. River doesn't believe in curses, but is she wrong? So it's really typical who it's it's. A character, it's a story about a character that Riversong created and writes, but also is. And then the actress who is plays Riversong is writing this story. So it's her writing the story about writing the story about writing the story. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's hard. I can't easily explain the story to you. If you're into Doctor Who stuff, if you're into mysteries, if you're into timey-wimey, like stuff that goes all over because it jumps around from 1939 New York to ancient Egypt and Cleopatra is in it and, you know, all this kind of stuff, then this is a really fun book. And like I said, it's not new, but I feel like this has kind of gone under the radar for a lot of people out there Mm -hmm. Uh, it did for me i only recently found out about this book so i'm suggesting it it's called the ruby's curse written by alex kingston and uh yeah either way if you like to read the book it's great if you love audiobooks it's awesome because she narrates it i just downloaded it did you really yeah (laughs) i got like four or five books ahead of it but it's it's on my list now all right well you'll have to report back yep i will 
and let me and everybody else know what you think of it. All right, and last but not least, we always recommend another podcast or YouTube channel or, you know, we like to recommend other content creators out there because it isn't just all about us. We started doing this because we enjoy so much of the content out there that people create. And there is a another YouTube channel as well as an offshoot podcast. Does it sound familiar? Just like us. Sounds like us, right? And they are called Gen X Grown Up. So it's G-E-N, the letter X, and then Grown Up. All is one word. It's a YouTube channel. And I found the YouTube channel first. Uh, the guy, the one main guy, John, does the channel. And the focus of the channel primarily on YouTube is talking about retro gaming, which I mm-hmm. thought, since I'm all excited about the Atari 2600 mm-hmm. Plus coming out, it was a good time to mention Gen X Grown Ups channel because he focuses on Atari, Coleco, and television, old Nintendo, you know, like all that kind of stuff. He does talk about new stuff too sometimes, but the main focus is on the stuff that Gen Xers like myself grew up on. And it's a lot of fun. It's a positive channel. I mean, he's critical about things, but it's not like a negative rant fest like some of these other channels are. Like he's kind of stays like us, where we try not to be too negative. Right, right. And he does a lot of fun videos where he'll like, like one video is, uh, you know, ranking. He has a ranking system of where he ranks all of the. Activision created Atari 2600 games and stuff. And he has a chart where it goes from like superior to like S rating to A, B, C, D, and F. Okay. Right. And he'll rank. And even then, you know, he sometimes he'll rag on things and say, oh, yeah, this is an F or whatever. But he's always reasonable and thought out about it. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's not negative, it's fun. It, it, it creates interesting, uh, you know, talk and, and conversation about it and everything. And he'll look at it from when he, and the other fun thing he does is to take away even more from the negativity is he goes, I'm ranking these based on how 10 year old Johnny would have felt about these games. So it's not about how I, as a, you know, whatever 40 or 50 something year old feels about it back in 1983, (laughs) would I have enjoyed this game? Mm -hmm. Cause there's even some games where he's given it a, a better rating than he would give now where he's like, "Eh, anymore, I don't find this game so fun. But back when I was 10 years old, I loved this game. So it, gets an a nice you know and i love that yeah yeah and he does a lot of that stuff he's really good about reporting about like new news that's coming out about things like the new atari 2600 plus they also have an offshoot podcast that they do an audio podcast and it's three guys it's john along with george and mo i think i got that right (laughs) if i'm remembering their names correctly but all all three of them are as as they described it they say they're gen xers who spent their childhood immersed in the music movies games and pop culture of the late 70s and 80s which hello that's you that is me all of that stuff has shaped who we are today as adults so all of those nostalgic things are still very much a part of how we live our lives and see the world in the 21st century on that channel we share the views toys and ideas of today through the lens of back then nice yeah so it's really cool. So they do that. So they do this podcast and like they've got. And again, what I love about it is because they're like us. They're not focused just on video games or just on music or just on movies. They'll have one episode. They did one episode where they talked just about Purple Rain. 
they did another episode where they looked at the Billboard charts, the top 100 from 1983, and they talked about that, which you know that's right up my alley. Mm -hmm. They do another episode where they just talked about Raiders of the Lost Ark. They do another episode where they talk about video games. They do another episode where they talk about, like we do here on the Squadcast, where they're talking about new video games and new movie stuff news and everything. Mm -hmm. So these are guys that are very much kindred spirits to us, you know. Well, we do, yeah. To what we do and and I don't know them personally. I've never spoken to them or anything. I don't even I don't even know if I've ever even left a comment on any of their stuff, <laughs> which maybe I'll do that you now. Need to but now, yes. but as just a f- viewer and a listener, I highly recommend if you like what you hear from us, go check out Gen X Grown Up. Uh it's really good stuff. I'll put links down below and everything for you to to get to them. They have it. They even have their own community like we have the Geeking oh, Squad. Nice. They've got their own active community on discord where you can go and talk to them and do it. It's very similar to us and everything. And I just happened upon it. I, I'm, I'm a fairly new viewer and listener. I've only just started getting into this channel over the last several months or so. So we didn't, sorry guys, we didn't copy you or anything. We're just like-minded, I guess you yeah. could say. And uh, so I recommend that and check it out. And if you do go listen to them and you do check it out and everything, let them know we that, that we sent you over there. Cause uh yeah, I think all us Gen X nerds need to stick together, right? Right. All right. So with that, that's it. This has been a long episode, Very I know. Long, but, yes, but but there's so much to talk about. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm going to be going out of town. I should be back in town, hopefully in time for us to do the next one. We'll we'll figure it out. But I'm going to be going out of, on tour with November's you Doom. Europe and stuff. I'm busy. You got weddings to go to and stuff and and all that. So uh, we've got a lot going on, but we're still going to be back in two weeks. Yep, we'll be here. Rain or shine. Yeah, we'll be back two weeks. Eventually, we got to do more badly described you know, yeah, movies. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. People really enjoyed plots. that. So. That was a lot of fun. So again, lastly, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please like, subscribe, Share. Share. Yeah, we saw that some of you guys have been sharing our stuff. That Love it. is awesome. Please. You know, we've got a very, very, very small uh, listener base here and everything, but we love you guys all the same. We're small but mighty. Yes, exactly. So share with your friends. Uh, you know, let's get the word out and continue this awesome, geeky dialogue about all these topics. <laughs> so until next time. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye, everybody. And away we go.